here we go. Episode 80 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Welcome back, everybody. A couple weeks ago, actually two weeks ago, we had Cam Anderson on the show. We had a guest. We have another guest for you next week. But this week, we have another guest as well. We're just bringing in as many as many people as we can because, honestly, it just it makes the show that much better. This week, uh, we have Sean Granucci. Some of you guys have heard before on the show. Sean, how you, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Glad to have you back. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Hey, I do have a request though. The next oh. time, the next time I come in, I kind of want like a a little bit of intro music. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What what song? What song you want? I don't know. I kind of want it to be a surprise, something to get everybody on their feet. You feel me? Okay. Right. Our our live audience get the live audience on their feet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we could try to make that happen. We could try to make that happen. Sam, um, how's your week, man? Dude, it's been crazy. It seems like everything that could be due for school <laughs> is due this week or next week. And I got my girlfriend coming this weekend, so I obviously got to get everything done before that. And it's just been hectic. Right. But I'm glad we could fit this in. Absolutely, absolutely. Sean, it's been a while since we have all talked, obviously. How how has school been for you, and how's the semester been? How you doing? Anything new? Uh, Nothing nothing new for me, really. Just been still going to Sac State, doing my thing. I'm about to graduate in December, which is pretty cool. But, there we go. Yeah, but it kind of sucks, though, because I started school. like I started going to Sac State last year in January. And then I was on campus for like probably like two months until everything Oof. got shut down. So the last time we talked to you was pre-COVID. Yeah, it was. That was before lockdown was even a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was a Super Bowl, like last Super yeah. Bowl. It was. Uh, I know. Actually, I know exactly what episode it was. It was. It was right after Kobe passed away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was right after. Because I remember using your quote for the title that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Wow. So yeah, almost exactly a year. Yeah. Um, what are you What are you graduating uh, with? What, what What was your major? Uh, my major is marketing. I'm trying to go like sports marketing, do my thing in there, but kind of open to anything really. Just mm-hmm. trying to get on with school. No, I got you. I got you. Well, congrats on that. Congrats on that. You're definitely farther along than I am. So I still got a, <laughs> I still, I still got a ways to go. My major is uh, has way too many classes to take. <laughs> What's your major again? Uh, mechanical engineering. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Don't worry, Dory. Jason's changed three times now. So no, I, <laughs> uh, college, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I went through, I went through uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I mean, I'll leave Sierra with three different AAs, but at least I, at least I know exactly what I want to do. And technically, technically, I only switched twice because I came in as a communications major, and I finished that out as well. Um, I just, I happened to get a different one along the way, just kind of by accident. And then now I'm, I'm doing this one intentionally. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave with three. Um, Wait, you said, uh, Sean, you said you were finishing up this December. Yeah. So you actually might have classes at Sex State. I just got an email 
Um, I, I'm, I'm sure California is way different than Oregon, but uh, I got an email that fall term at the University of Oregon is planning to be fully back to normal pretty much, okay. which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I really, I really hope so because when I was going there for like two months or whatever, it was way better than community college and I was having so much fun, but I hope so. I've, I haven't heard anything yet, which is probably a good sign. So mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to see. Yeah, because apparently the vaccine uh, like layouts are going to be pretty expansive for higher education coming up, uh, I think, towards the end of the summer. That's so funny. As a matter of fact, and I don't mean to cut you off, but my mom being a teacher, she's getting her first vaccination like this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's funny that you say that. Yeah. yeah. Both, she's getting it this week. Both my parents, they got like the – they're teachers, as you guys know. I don't know if the fans know, but right. <laughs> <laughs> but they just got like their first dose probably a couple weeks ago. Oh, so they're almost ready for the next one. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome that we're fi- there's finally a light at the end of the tunnel. It seems seriously. I saw a story on the news the other day that they just rolled out the first vaccinations that are going to be just one dose. Okay. Um, now, I, the report came saying that the two doses right now are, are still more effective than the mm-hmm. one, uh, but they're rolling out uh, a one-dose vaccination that apparently doesn't have to be kept at an extremely cold temperature, so it's going to be much more easier to distribute everywhere because it's not like you have to keep it at like, sub-zero temperatures or whatever. Yeah. So it'll be more accessible in that sense. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I mean, so I, I know that we're a sports show and, and that's mainly what we're going to talk about today. But I mean, you know, we all haven't talked in a second. I think it'd be curious. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you would say, Sean, is since we didn't talk to you much uh, during during quarantine and, and the lockdown and stuff. Did you like the switch to like all online classes? Because I know some people did and some people didn't. And I, I fall on the side of I actually don't mind it at all. I, I don't mind learning this way. Uh, but I know some people absolutely hated it. Like, did you enjoy the transition or, or do you prefer to be in class? Nah, I definitely prefer to be in class because when I'm online, it's kind of hard to, for me to figure out, like, what to do for what class. Like, when you're when you're on campus, you kind of know, like, you kind each classroom has, like, its own atmosphere and you kind of know, like what to expect but like it's kind of just really repetitive just like sitting in my room doing class and I just get kind of confused because I have like so many group projects too so it's like it gets really confusing for me mm-hmm. but it's whatever Sam we actually never really dove into that topic what were what were your thoughts on that <laughs> well as we're in it um I, there's yeah. some there's some positives with it I mean it's it's nice that at eight in the morning, I don't have to walk when it's freezing cold, pitch black outside, raining um, to my class and try to stay awake for it. I just have to roll out of bed and turn on my Zoom. You know, that's kind of a nice aspect. But at the same time, what I feel like I'm getting out of these courses is not exactly as much as what they were intended for due to maybe distractions or just the material doesn't translate over zoom lectures or and especially sean i mean i've 
I've, I've felt the same, the same way about uh, just staying organized and everything. Cause usually at the end of a lecture, when you're all leaving, the professor would be like, Oh yeah, like this, this, this is due, like, make sure to do that. There's like none of that. Now it's like, you have to rely on uh, for our school. It's canvas is what yep. they run everything through. So it's just, you got to really stay on top of it a little more and be a little more independent, which is kind of, kind of something new. Yeah. And I feel like, like one of my classes I have, uh, it's like an Excel class. And like, if mm-hmm. you have like, and it's not like a Zoom class. So it's just like video lectures. And if, yeah, it's asynchronous. Yeah, so if you have like one problem or like one question on like a homework or something, like it takes forever just to get that answered. And it's like, it's really frustrating for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I've only had one. I think since since quarantine, I've only had one class that has had schedule scheduled Zoom lectures. Every other one has been here's the material for the week, here's a video lecture, do it on your own. Jeez. And and I I for whatever reason I actually I really enjoy that. Um, I felt like I did a lot of I felt like I kind of worked that way in that sense at the beginning of college anyway. Um, which is weird to say, but it just, for me, I felt like I was doing what I've always been doing. I, I, I studied the exact same way and, you know, with the non-scheduled, I mean, like I said, I've only had one class that has had scheduled Zoom meetings. So everything else was just like a normal online class for me, which I, which I liked. Um, so it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, I do understand what you were saying. Sean, in the sense that sometimes it takes forever to get a homework question answered. And, and right now in my calc class, you know, if I have a question that I generally have to figure out a way to answer it myself, I have to go online or find a video on a problem that looks similar and then try to figure it out based on, you know, my problem. So in that sense, it is a bit annoying, but I don't know. It, I, I actually really, really enjoyed And the school that I would like to go to after uh, I get my bachelor's is all online as well. So it's, you know, it's just, it's just something that I've actually uh, really enjoyed for one reason or another. What, what school are you trying to go to after? Uh, after, so right now, I don't know which school I'm going to go to after. I mean, they're going to um, go to SAC or, or Chico. And then after that, um, I've already got accepted into the school, but I'm going to have to get accepted into it again. <laughs> um is uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautics. They have a master's degree okay. in aerospace in uh, aerospace engineering. So that's that's what I'm going to go for afterwards. So let's go. I have to uh, I have to get used to online school, regardless. Yeah. So, um. All right. So we spent about 10, 11 minutes talking about non-sports stuff. Let's get into some sports stuff. Where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start in the NFL or the NBA? Because I have a couple places that I can take us. I'm I'm cool with anything, honestly. You know, surprise Sam, the Jason. All right. Well, then let's actually do both because I have a question that I wanted to ask you guys. I heard this question on ESPN earlier in the week, and it lasted for a couple days. Like, it was an ongoing conversation, and I wanted to bring it here because I thought it was really interesting. And the question was simply, do you miss fans at sporting events? Not do you miss going to sporting events? Because that's different. I'm sure we mm-hmm. all miss 
going to sporting events and, and spending time there. You know, for those of us who did that regularly, it's a lot of fun. I certainly miss going to Kings games. That would be the most prevalent one for me. Um, so that, that was not the question. It was just simply at home, sitting at home, watching sporting events. Do you miss having fans in the stands? And there were – it was pretty split for the most part. It seemed like a lot of analysts really missed it, but a lot of fans, people who called in, did not. And it was a really interesting conversation, and I think it would be fun to have here. So, I, you know, Sam, I'll ask you first. Just blanket question. We don't have to get super specific yet, but do you miss watching fans or just having fans at games? Yeah, I definitely do. I think I can't. I can't really come up with a reason why it would be a negative to have fans at the game. I think it just adds to that product that you see on TV. If um, it's just where you see Kings fans, so let's take the Kings game for example. You're watching a Kings telecast and. During commercial breaks, they could go to video captures of fans interacting. They could cut to fans after a big play. Like that just adds to the product that they're willing to put on onto the TV and onto the court. Uh, it also it adds diversity to games as well. You know, like now we have pre-recorded fan uh, chants or cheers for basketball games specifically and even NFL games type of things. Like it just adds more variety and there's, there's more that you get out of different moments in different games and it, fan interactions for telecast is uh, something that is, it can only be beneficial. But at the same time, I think when we first started hearing that sports were going to come back without live audiences, I think we thought it was going to be, a bigger deal than it actually has. So I think the NBA, the NFL, all the other professional leagues have done a very good job at uh, really covering up for those inefficiencies that they couldn't really control. Right. As well said, John. Yeah. I personally, I, I miss like, I miss the fans just cause like there's a different kind of like atmosphere when you're watching the game. Like you never really know what to expect. And like, like, I feel like in NFL, it's not really that big of a difference when you're watching on TV. But, like, when you're watching NBA games, like, you definitely miss the fans because, say, like, a home team is getting blown out. Like, when the fans are all excited and stuff, you kind of, like, have a feeling, like, that they could actually come back and make it a game. But, like, it's hard for, play, like, players to get motivated when, they, when they're getting blown out. And there's no really, like, support like that besides their own team. And I always go back to, like, looking at, like, some of the craziest plays, like, that have happened with no fans. And I just love watching, like, the fans' reactions to those plays when there was actually fans. Like, for an example, like, like in the bubble last year when Luka hit that game winner on a, against the Clippers, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine what that scene would have looked like if there's fans. So, I really do miss the fans, especially at NBA games. Yeah, and you made the delineation between the NFL and the NBA, which I'm glad you did because for me, I so I think I think I'm sitting somewhere in the middle of this argument because I for NFL games I actually really did enjoy not being.
Sean, you're right. In the I I liked hearing quarterbacks call out signals at the line of scrimmage. I liked hearing player interactions. I enjoyed that part of it, which really cool. But at the, on the NBA side, yeah, there is something that was fun, like Golden State back in their heyday when when Knife Stadium was rocking. Or yeah, I mean, not so much the Kings, but as a personal connection, as you know, just as a Kings fan, that place gets really loud when they're playing really, really well. And for the NBA, it, it is it is a little bit different than the NFL. I thought one good example that was brought up earlier in the week on ESPN was during golf. Uh, I, I think it was Greeny who said the most striking example of having no fans at a game for him was when somebody at a golf tournament like the Masters would hit a beautiful shot, like just say sink a hole in one, and it was dead silent. There's yeah. not a nobody, not a peep was happening. And he said that was when it was the most striking for him. But you know, in the NFL, I agree. I don't think it's that. I don't think it was that big of a deal. And I, I actually really did enjoy listening to the communication at the line of scrimmage. I thought that was really fun. You can't normally hear that um, when, when there's a lot of fans, but, but for the NBA, yeah, I do. I do think it adds a little bit more for, for whatever reason. I, I can't really, I don't really know why, but just for whatever reason, it, it does add a, a little bit more. Yeah. I would, I would have definitely loved to see the, the Kings fans' reactions at their home game when they lost to the Hornets the other day. <laughs> <laughs> you would have saw a lot of Fire Luke posters exactly. at that game. Exactly. Yeah. Sam, what do, you, what do you think about the difference between the NFL and the NBA? Is there some validity in that? Yeah, I think it, it's also – we could even put a, maybe the biggest sport in the whole world is uh, soccer and football, right? Uh, they've actually done like a great job without fans that it's almost like, well, they, it kind of, the product hasn't changed at all from when you're watching TV because they've been able to fill the bleachers with either cutouts or uh, promotional banners and then pump in so much sound that it sounds Mm -hmm. the same, right? That's the same. I feel like with the NFL, but the NBA, because it's such an indoor, like a closed space, um, and really, they've relied on that fan interaction, I feel like, for broadcasts uh, mm-hmm. of when they cut away to fan reactions. Like, I feel like the NFL doesn't do that. They usually go to, like, maybe the sidelines for reactions, but not, like, the NFL's – or not the fans, only on, like, celebrations. So I feel like the NBA has done a more prevalent job at getting the fans involved in their broadcast, and maybe that's why we've noticed the difference when they're not there. Well, it's funny that you say that because Mike Breen was actually interviewed this week and it was on, it was on Greeny's show and he was asking, and Mike Breen actually talked about how he will adjust his calls based on the audience and based on the fans. Like he, as an announcer feeds off of the fans and sort of their reactions and he'll play off the fans in that sense. So like he gives think, a, he gives a ladder bang for a, a yeah, or, yeah, or something, or yeah, or, or like, or like he'll or he'll time things that he's going to say differently. Steph Curry, know? dang! Uh, <laughs> heard that right? too many times. <laughs> I know, um, but I mean, like, I, I, so I think for players, 
and for announcers and for people who are actually in the stadium when when the games are going on, yes, it's drastically different. And I think all of us can agree that if you're there, having fans is so much more fun. At home, watching it from your couch, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, because you can't like Seattle and the Twelfth Man. That place for opposing teams is probably a nightmare to play in. And for us at home, whether the fans are there or not, it doesn't really make any difference because because we're not we're not there. But taking that away from uh, um, <coughs> sorry, that is a sneeze creeping up on me. Um, but you know, like for us as fans, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of difference. But for everybody, Bless oh, you, there we go. thank you. But for everybody there, yeah, I'm sure it makes a, a, a total difference. And I agree with you, Sam. They, they've done a pretty good job at pumping fan noise in for, for NFL stadium. So it doesn't make a huge difference. You know what I think it is? It's so, noticeable. So two, but... two things, I think. We're so used to it now because we've had like a year. Oh, for sure. To where it's like okay, like it kind of, like I can't I kind of can't even remember what it looked like to watch a game with fans in it anymore. Yeah. And number two, um, oh gosh, <laughs> no, no. Number two, I think so. When a when a stadium is filled with people and you see that, it adds a little more credibility to that event, right? Yeah. So if you were to see in a a sporting event and it has just empty chairs all around you as the viewer, you may know the significance of that event, but it's like, well, the people, the people that are there didn't even care enough to come. So like, why should I even watch it? Right. It really like takes away. It, it makes it seem like a scrimmage. It makes it seem like a lesser event than it actually is when you don't have a stadium full of fans. Yeah. It's definitely less appealing to like watch, honestly, but like I still watch all the games, but it's definitely way better to watch my opinion when there's a lot of fans and like especially like the playoff games like last year in the NBA like all the playoff games they're always wearing like the same colored shirts and stuff and like it always looks super cool and then like watching like the bubble is kind of like you never really knew the difference between like the regular season game or a finals game yeah very true so Sean I'm actually going to transition off of something that you said because you said you still watch all the games you're talking about the NBA right? yeah Okay, so Sam and I had a conversation that is also going to be a big topic of next week's podcast, but and we don't it doesn't we don't have to spend a thousand years on it right here, but Sam and I had a very lengthy discussion last podcast because I brought up the idea that the NBA has a serious problem right now to me, and I mentioned that I could be the only one who thinks this and and I'm okay with that. But I mentioned that the NBA has a serious problem. Now, you just said that you watch all of the games. So I'm, I'm going to see if that's actually true. So <laughs> let, me, let me say this. To me, to me, the NBA regular season has become very unexciting. Unexciting. The individual games have become almost meaningless to me because it seems like none of the games actually truly matter or hold a lot of weight. Now, the example that I gave 
is, let's say San Francisco and Seattle are playing on Sunday night football, week nine. They're both seven and one. And I don't know, we'll say it's in Seattle for whatever reason. That game, that game means a lot. That game means a lot for playoffs. That game means a lot for the division. And me, as a viewer who has zero rooting interest for both teams, I'm going to tune into that game because that game, one, should be entertaining because of the two teams. And two, it's just really significant for the rest of the NFL and for both of those teams moving forward for the playoffs. Right now, let's say if Philly and Brooklyn were playing, both of those teams are two of the best teams in the NBA. They're in the same division. That game being played on a Saturday night should draw in somebody, I don't know, like us, who don't who doesn't have a rooting interest in either of those teams per se. That's neither one of them are our favorite teams. But for me right now, I I honestly don't really care because half the league makes makes it to the playoffs, especially now because of the play in yeah. tournament. And it's just, to me, like, they'll play each other again anyway. And there's just so, there's just a very big volume of games throughout the NBA season that this one individual game probably isn't going to mean as much. Now, playoff basketball, I love. I will watch every playoff series if I can. But the regular season, to me, doesn't hold nearly as much weight as the playoffs at all in terms of pure entertainment. No, I totally agree with that because I just – I do agree because I think there's way too many games right now because now you see more guys, like, resting and not playing for no reason. So they, they kind of feel that way too, that, like, one game isn't going to change anything. So I do agree with that. But, I mean, like, the playing game, like, I just think that is ridiculous. Like, that is a dumbest thing. But but yeah, I I definitely agree. I don't. I really think like shortening the season would like change the importance of every game. And I really and I I kind of like the idea of like I don't know how they would incorporate this, but you know like soccer they have like mid season tournaments and stuff. Like yeah, like <laughs> I literally saw a thing like what if like what if the NBA had like a mid season tournament? Like I don't know how they would incorporate that into like seating and stuff. But I also think that on a, like, different note, they should change it to, like, they should just get rid of the conferences. Like, it should be top 16 teams going to the playoffs mm-hmm. because, like, there's probably, like, three or four teams in the West who are out of playoff position right now who would probably be, like, five seed in the East, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Right. I'm so glad you mentioned that play-in tournament because Ben actually mentioned something to us and. For those of you who are listening, you know Ben. He's been on the show. He'll be on the show next week. He actually mentioned something like that because I titled the last podcast, The NBA Has a Problem, Has This Problem, and It's Unfixable. And Ben presented a solution, and we're going to talk about it next week. And it kind of revolved around a midseason tournament. So that's funny that you (laughs) mentioned that because that's two people now that have mentioned that. Sam, what do you you think? Like, I know know we mentioned it a little bit last week, and – you know, I mentioned shortening the season. I also mentioned getting rid of the conference, just like Sean. I mean, you were kind of iffy about it anyway. Do you, how do you feel about it 
week two removed from talking do about you, it. How significant of a problem do you think it is? I mean, I think it's I think it's significant enough that I I would like to see some sort of change in the way that the NBA regular season is played in terms of being able to generate more meaningful games. Yeah, I think because right now they just don't I feel meaningful. Incorporate a way where like because like if you're an NBA fan, you're you're obviously a fan of one team, and you're gonna watch like your team's games no matter what. But like they have to find a right. way to like have those fans who have one set team to like you said like if the nets and sixers are playing to be able to want to watch like other teams play and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i agree yeah i just i don't know if that's if there's a natural solution to that problem yeah like we can come up with all these things but realistically they may not be feasible currently especially with the current CBA that's in place and um, the amount of power that owners have within the league, like they're not going to want to sacrifice games. I think this, this may be the best product that the NBA can put out going forward. I agree. And that's why I was saying that I think it's kind of unfixable in that sense. But, well, but I, 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 I'm wondering, cause me and Jason obviously talked about this um, last week. So I'm finding it hard not to repeat myself. Um, Sean, do you think this has been a problem for just like in recent times that you can remember, or do you think it's been a problem for maybe the last decade, decade and a half type of thing? I think it's definitely become recent because like I said, like you see guys just sitting out just for rest and stuff. So like Mm -hmm. when you, when you watch like games, you don't honestly, you never really know who's playing and stuff like that. And like, what my biggest pet peeve about the NBA is like it's kind of hard to watch if you're not like really a fan because of all like the ticky tack fouls they're calling and stuff like the game has slowed like they want it to be fast paced and scoring but it's sl- it's so slow to watch and frustrating sometimes that it's kind of like not appealing to viewers who are just getting into it right yeah so it this goes into sorry Jason but this goes into what I was talking about last week. I think it's more of a problem of this season and maybe last year, maybe due to the pandemic, maybe due to a little bit that there's not fans involved this year. Um, there might be that disconnect with fan bases that we're, the NBA isn't putting out as good of a product out on the court as they were maybe in prior years. And that could be just coincidental, like teams are just underperforming, like the Celtics or Dallas or different big market teams like that, that really we expected, or Houston, Houston's on national TV a lot, and they're now tanking. It's like, well, that's not really the NBA's fault. They could never have foreseen that. And also, this this resting uh, trend that has been going on, The how does the NBA suddenly demand its players to start playing when they may in fact have little nicks and things like there's, is there any way that the NBA could fix this? I'm not a hundred percent sure, honestly. And I know that you had mentioned that maybe it's because the NBA is putting out a lesser product. I have a stat that would contradict that a little bit. Please read it. (laughs) Which was I again? I heard it earlier this week, and I, I listened to it like three or four yeah, times come at to me. make sure. Come at that, me, Jason. Come on. To to make sure that it was um, 
to make sure that it, it was legit. And everybody who heard it was kind of blown away by it too when, when it was read. But apparently eight of the 10 best offensive seasons in NBA history are happening right so, now. Wait, wait, how many, season. how many of the best defensive teams are playing right now? Right. So that's what I'm, that, so that's right. not, which is that, what that I'm, doesn't what, mean which it's is, a better product. Well, no. What I'm, what I was saying, what, and again, what I was saying. Well, was you're that saying it wrong. Offensively, <laughs> <laughs> you're not letting me say. It. Um, but really, what I'm saying is that offensively, the league is flourishing right now. Like again, it's offensive production is at like an all time high in the mm-hmm. NBA. The defense, the defense, however, the other, the other side of the coin to that stat is that defenses are at an all-time right. low, you, you would think, but just based off that can stat. That be, so, can that be attributed to – I mean, obviously, go Kings, right? They're part of that stat. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, but that can be attributed to a lot of things that are not having to do with this number of games. Well, it could be a little bit to the number of games, but this is a shorter season, so maybe that's not as prevalent. But less practice times. More COVID restrictions make it so teams aren't as free to practice as often. Uh, we had a shorter off season, so less um, preseason, uh, a shorter time to really familiarize yourself with uh, your teams. Uh, coaches have less time to implement coaching strategies to maybe defend a little bit better this year. Like there's this year is such an anomaly with what's happened. I don't know if we can take specifically what's going on in this season and just attribute it to and just really uh, relate it to other seasons that have gone on for the NBA. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I just think like the game, like the NBA has just changed so much in just like five years. So Mm -hmm. like, like just the way the offense is like everybody's shooting threes and then, all the fouls they're calling, which is going to make more, put more points on the board. It's just like, I just think that trend is just going to keep going higher and higher. Yeah. I, somebody suggested they need to expand the three point line. Yeah. That is, push it back to make so the shot stupid. harder. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand how you're going to, cause you would totally jack up the literally, dimensions of the course. No do you, and that do you guys sense. know what the NBA is going to look like one day? It's literally going to be, uh, a team, ver- so say the Kings versus the Warriors, right? The Kings will have attempted 50 free throws and the Warriors will have attempted like 48. Yeah. And that'll be the new age of the NBA because that's the most efficient way but that's, that's not to even get like, points. And then, it, and then it'll be like 53 pointers and only like yeah. 22 that's, shots. That's the way it's going. Analytics, man. Death, death of the mid-range shot. Honestly, you're gonna see guys honestly. wide open fast breaks for a dunk and wait for a teammate so they could pass it to him for a three point. Dude, that's that's what happened. And you guys see the end of that Nuggets game when they, uh-uh. they, they yeah, Jamal Murray, yes, <laughs> Jamal yes! Murray got a, or they got like a rebound or something. They were down by like one or two or something. I think they were down by two, and yeah, they I mean, were down by two. Bringing the ball up on a fast break, and there was yeah, uh-huh. four on four one, on one. All three guys who didn't have the ball all just stopped at the three-point line. And, like, Jamal Murray, like, he should have kept going to the basket because nobody stopped him. But he made, like, such a bad pass because nobody cut to the basket and they would have had a wide-open dunk to tie the game. And it was just, like, 
And instead they it shot a three horrible. and it was Yeah. They literally it was a yeah. four on one. Four and on one. one. Hey, that's just that's just good basketball spacing right there. <laughs> what, what can I tell you? That's just filling the lanes, John. Hey, you gotta throw the ball fake in and then throw it to the other oh, side. That, that's a Delio special. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But it I don't know. I don't know. It it's funny though that the team that like the number one team right now record wise in the league is the Utah Jazz and somebody compared them earlier to to the they're not like not identical but similar to the old Spurs mm-hmm. team in the sense in the sense I mean their coach came from the Spurs their GM came from the Spurs they have dynamic guards they have a big who's good in the middle they have a dynamic guard coming off the bench i.e. Ginobili yeah. you know esque not saying that they're not saying that anybody's close to Manu Ginobili but they have a formidable guard coming off the bench. They pass the ball and they move the ball better than any team it, in the league. Wait, right you got to revise. You got to. Ones... It is so offensive to compare Rudy Gobert to Tim Duncan. <laughs> please revise that statement. Please, please, you got to, you got to take it back. Like take you got to give your boy Tim Duncan <laughs> some credit. Listen, Rudy listen, Gobert is averaging thirteen you know, points in this NBA season. Listen, listen, you know that Tim Duncan He's a is boy. Like my second. My second favorite player to ever play in the NBA. I'm not saying that Rudy Gobert is anywhere near perfect. Perf- Tim Duncan. Yes. What I'm like saying, it. what I'm saying is that you have a big who is like in Rudy Gobert, who's very good. He's a good yeah. big. He's a good defensive big. He can get you some points here and there, like 13 points a game, roughly. But that's not really his job. You have a you have a big who takes up a lot of space in the middle, like Duncan did. Okay, and, and literally takes up yeah. huge. <laughs> the title. He's, the title of the show is going to be "Rudy Gobert is the new Tim Duncan." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, I, I would never, I would never put Rudy Gobert and Tim Duncan in the in the isn't same. It? In the Tim Duncan would be like on my Mount Rushmore. Oh, for sure. Probably. Isn't Tim, isn't it crazy that like the greatness of Tim Duncan might not have been a thing if he was born like 10 years later. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I never even yeah. thought of that. Like he would <laughs> just be catching lobs and playing defense. Like he, they wouldn't be throwing it down in the post or anything. Like that's not the NBA. Yeah. Today. Like it's crazy that the, the diminished role of the big man would not have allowed like even the greatest of players. I mean, Shaq obviously would have dominated, right? right? And Akeem would have, like they obviously would have found ways, but it yeah. wouldn't have been like who knows if they would have gotten an MVP. Oh yeah, right. We we don't even know if Joel Embiid will be able to win an MVP. I was gonna say the closest, yeah, the closest we have or is Jokic. probably Joel. It's just crazy. I like or it. Jokic. That's a good call. That's a very good call. Yeah, 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 yeah Jokic, Jokic is, is overrated, but yeah, overrated. yeah, isn't it crazy? <laughs> See, okay, oh Sean, Sean, you're dealing with oh. you're dealing with what oh. I've been dealing with to, for the past year. <laughs> Jokic is raw. Jokic is raw. See, See you're dealing with everything that I've been dealing with. Him. Nikola Jokic is just doing what Demarcus Cousins did in the Kings uniform like six years ago. It's all good. No, he's not. No, he's not. They're like the exact same player. That's because – did you see the roster around DeMarcus? Oh, Marcus, Dude, Marcus, DeMarcus Thornton. <laughs> Marcus Thornton. Marcus Ty Lawson. Thornton. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, and I I'm gonna bring us back to the to something that we had mentioned way earlier in the show about splitting up the conferences. I, I looked at I looked at um there's a there's a website here that splits up the league and division conference and then the league itself by record. And out of this what, sixteen teams that go to the playoffs, only it's a nine and seven split. I thought it was actually gonna be more. I thought it was gonna be like ten six, but I don't know why nine seven feels way less significant than 10-6, but yeah, there's nine Western Conference teams that would go right now and seven Eastern Conference teams. Now, it would be top-heavy with West teams. The top four are from wow. the West, Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns. Okay. And then the next three you have from the East, it'd be Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, so that's seven. Eight would be eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve all come from the West. <laughs> And then 13, 14, 15, 16, all yeah. from the That's East. That's why, it's, like, as a Warriors fan, it's kind of annoying because, like, we're literally on our verge of playoffs, and we're literally probably mm-hmm. be the fourth best team in the East. Yeah, you'd be – hang on. So, right now, if it, if there were no conferences, you'd be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Uh, you'd be the 11th seed. Oh, with, with no conference? Yeah. And right now – Yeah, with no eight? conference. So, it's like – but whatever. So you'd be like the 16th seed or whatever. Yeah. And see, I know that I know that there would be an argument made for like you know, you may not you may not get some you may never see the Lakers and the Clippers square off in the playoffs if they get rid of the conference, you know, I, just for them using an example, but I don't know. I, it's a lot of travel. For me, it's I, a lot of travel, Jason. I, it, it, would, yeah. it would be a imagine, lot of travel. Imagine it would be a lot of travel. playing like Portland, Miami at a, at a playoff series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we, we really want to put yeah. our players and, through that? Woo. Right. And the, right. And like I said on the last episode, I, I think to me the NBA has a problem that really is unfixable at the moment. I, I don't know what the solution would be to to fix all of this and it's a it's a it's an interesting conversation that i'm glad has carried us this um, long and we're gonna end up talking about it a little bit more next you know week. what their only solution is they get a sample of lebron james dna they clone him right so then he's now a 20 year old with the same skill set and just let him go to work on a different team <laughs> each team gets one LeBron that, clone <laughs> yeah that, that fixes the nba right there we're only about approximately 10 days. years from that. It's in the works. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know Adam yeah. Silver is looking at that. <laughs> right. Um, oh, man. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we've gotten a lot out of this conversation because I know Ben's going to have his thoughts on the next week, and I'm glad it's carried us this long. Okay, I'm hijacking. I'm hijacking the show, Jason. <laughs> so, Sean, you mentioned yeah. you're a Warriors yeah. fan. How'd that, how'd that Lakers loss feel? Oh, I did not. I, I was about to cuss, but it's a good show. It's a good <laughs> show. Good show. Uh, I, I really didn't care. I mean, what happened the first time we played them? You guys remember? They won. Yeah. The Warriors won. Yeah. And they had AD, so I'm really worried about it. We just we came off like a three or four game winning streak. Right. So I ain't too worried about it. But but to see your team go be that flat. Like not even show up for I mean, the game. It's one game. It's one game. Sam, we don't have it's a lot of room yet. to talk. Are you Kings fan? 
Whoa, hey. Yo, we're living up to expectations, Sean. Yeah. Mm. Hey, I say we're living (laughs) below our means right now. The Kings find new ways to revolutionize what we call losing in the NBA. You see that? Exciting losers. You see that Hornets game? I I would not have. I hadn't. You because like, Kings Kings are my second favorite team. And I was like Right. I, I still have no idea how they lost. Well, well they literally yeah, they I do. missed like what seven of their last eight free throws. All right. All right, Darren, if you're listening, man, listen good. Just sit yourself at a local listen high school. Good gym you can choose roseville high school they got a brand new gym maybe put the rims up already right just shoot free throws for exactly. four hours straight please because something's <laughs> going on the dude's regressed as a free throw shooter yeah he's not good he's not good as a free throw shooter but would all. you so you watch that whole well, game would you rather have Lamelo ball right now or are you sticking with the james wiseman pick uh that's a good. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Lamelo fan, but I I think I think okay. Wiseman fits because we literally have no center right now. So I think he's a good pick for us. He just because plus Warriors have like one of the best like player development in the in the league. Mm-hmm. So and he's only what 19. So I think yeah. he's gonna be a beast for us. Plus we have a we got T Wolves first round pick next year. So we'll we'll be set. <laughs> Are you a little disappointed by his output this year? I know he got injured a little bit, but he's kind of unperformed at, since he's been back. No, because I didn't really expect too much out of him to start just because he played like three college games and hasn't really right. got a lot of run and there was no uh, training camp or anything. So it would be kind of hard for a 19-year-old. But like, I'm just happy mm-hmm. I, I see like the flashes and glimpses of what he can do. Right. Wait a minute! Did you say that you have the Timberwolves? Yeah, yeah they do. Next year? Oh, screw <laughs> you guys! For the D'Angelo Russell that draft, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks for everybody else who is not a Warriors fan. They are the worst team in the but league. But if they right no, not, could get the number no, one they, pick, top yeah. Three protected. Yeah. Oh, but it's if, top if three protected. Then we get their first round pick uh, the year after, and then that would be unprotected. Mm. Yeah, so interesting. I'm hoping. I wish Kings. I wish Kings fan had Kings fan had that kind of uh, outlook on a young second second <laughs> overall pick, big man. <laughs> Not a yeah. Uh, oh, Marvin Bagley. I mean, I like Mar- I like Marvin uh, Bagley. I think he's been playing I, a lot yeah. better as of late. Um, I just wish Luke Walton. Uh, I don't know. Gave him a chance w- in the. In later in games, I wish Luke Walton knew how to coach. Yeah, it'd be great. Marvin Bagley, if I just saw him shoot one right-handed shot in a game, (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't use his never. It's so funny. Not once. I I haven't even seen it once. But oh my god, me and my roommate talk about it all the time. When we go out and play basketball, I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play like Marvin Bagley today, (laughs) just using the right hand, left lefty layups. Nah, not a thing." So annoying. Hey, but young kids can take that as inspiration. You don't need to practice your left hand. <laughs> and you can make it to the NBA. Hey, but like but honestly, look at look at Zion. He only uses yeah. left hand. He's still like Zach Randolph. He never game. ever shot it with his right hand. Stud. Right. 
By the way, Zion's having a very quiet, uh, good season. He's averaging 25 points per game, 61% field goal, seven rebounds, three and a half assists, one steal, and almost one block. Yep. Dude, he's playing really well. Yeah. (laughs) Really, really well. But is he more deserving of an all-star spot than De'Aaron Fox? Mm, I, I think so. I got a lot of King's bias in my heart, so I'm going to say no. Yeah. I mean, because I've seen De'Aaron freaking drag this team to wins. Drag them to the fourth worst record. That's true. Hey, whoa! (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hey, dude, you don't have our first-round pick this year. You don't got to come with that heat. (laughs) I found De'Aaron's – I found his free throw percentage this season right now. Sixty-seven for for a guard. How do you guys feel about Buddy Heal? Trade him. Get rid of him. Wait, get rid rid of him. I don't need him. He has one job, Sean. No, he has one job. He has one job to make threes. I don't. I don't need him here. One job, and he can't do it. I agree. He's probably one of my worst. Maybe my least favorite player in the NBA. (laughs) He's averaging. 37% 37% from the three-point line, which on paper you go, oh, wow, that's not that bad, but it just... It's the only shot so annoying. And, and when he's like, and when yeah. he's like my biggest pet peeve right. too is when he's like 0 for like 7, and they're down by like mm-hmm. 3 with like 5 minutes left in the fourth, and he just pulls from like 30 feet, highly contested. I'm like, I, you know what? I got you right here. Right here. So his last five Ooh. games, I have so his three-point so percentage. Bad. So he actually so the against Charlotte he actually shot yeah, he did really three percent right. from the three point line. It's like you love it, and he had thirty points. He shot fifty eight percent from the floor. Yeah. That was he scored great. twenty of those thirty okay. in the first quarter. Right. So he had he had a against hot Brooklyn. <laughs> against Brooklyn, right? Against Brooklyn, mm. he was fifty yeah, percent from the three point line. Okay, now let's get away from the Charlotte <laughs> game. All right. Okay, so here we go. So. His last four games, minus the one that he just played, from the field, here are his – here's his field goal percentage from the field. This isn't from three. 28, Oof. 33, Oof. 33, Oof. 20, 23. <laughs> and then his last four games, minus the Charlotte one, here is his three-point percentage. 33, 28, Oof. 50, but in that game he only had 11 points. And then Jeez. 20. 20%. 20%. That's horrible. And how many attempts is he putting up? Like close to 10 each game? <laughs> that I don't oh have. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah. he, he hucks he him up. Hucks him up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tyrese is a baller, though. <laughs> yeah. I like him. Great. Oh, no. rookie of the year. Runner up. Rookie of the year, runner up. No. Yeah, he's going to be runner. But uh, yeah, he, he's, he's like awesome. He's an absolute best draft pick the Kings have had in such a long <laughs> since, time. Since Fox, we actually well yeah probably yeah since mm-hmm. Fox um, we we told Ben and I told Sam that he's not allowed to get a Tyrese Halliburton jersey because every jersey that Sam has gotten from a Kings player they've yeah. immediately been traded the next season and you can't do the that trend Sam. cannot continue. Hey, it's you know what Jimmy G is the only surviving. Uh, I guess 
player that I have a jersey of right now. Jimmy Garoppolo hanging on. <laughs> hey, whoa, well, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Yo, you know what? You know, thank you for bringing this up because we can transition into a little bit of NFL talk. And I, I saw so there was a list on from CBS Sports. It was five quarterbacks who could be traded this offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo is not on there. And where the where the <laughs> oh. what a, what a, and they listed they listed potential landing spots for all of these okay. quarterbacks. So we can go through the five and we can talk the one. The one team that is in all of these is Chicago. Absolutely. Chicago needs a quarterback yeah. desperately, desperately. And so they're going to be in the mix for all of these guys. Now, so the recent development that came out earlier this week was the whole, or I guess I should say late last week, was the whole Russell Wilson right. thing. Came out of nowhere. Absolutely came out of nowhere. Now, I listened to an interview on Friday that was done with, Russell Wilson's one of his private quarterback coaches who also happens to be a radio host in Seattle, which is a really cool, like resume. Well, that's convenient. Um, right. <laughs> so, and an insider told me that, well, I'll, guys, I'll just tell you I'm the insider. <laughs> yeah. So let me, take care of that. you want to know what Russ is going on? Let me take a text. Real quick. <laughs> that's like Colin Cowherd. Uh, he's like, Oh, I just texted LeBron uh, about these new sources. I texted an insider in the Patriots locker room, blah, blah, blah. He just throws that on air. So Russell, according at least, and this is coming right, this is coming from the trainer. The trainer was saying that as that Russell, at least as far as he knows, it doesn't, doesn't want to be traded. He would like to stay in Seattle. He would like to finish his career in Seattle. What he's trying to do is put pressure on the front office to sort of give him give him what he wants in that sense. So he, he's, not, he's not saying he wants to be traded. He's more just saying, like, hey, front office, I need you to do these to do these things for me. Because, you know, I've been here for this long, he's the winningest quarterback in the league right now. He's done all these things for you. He's been the perfect public quarterback and in-game quarterback for you. And he's finally sort of speaking out and going, look, I, I need you to do this stuff for me. So he's really just trying to put hold their feet to the fire a little bit. He's not – he doesn't necessarily want to leave. However, as all of us know, he did list the teams that he would want to go to, which – is interesting because the the example that I heard was if you're in a relationship and you go up to the person that you're in a relationship and go, you know what, I'm really happy with the way things are right. going. But in the event that we do break up, here are the three women that I'm going to go try to exactly. date. You'd immediately go – You she'd immediately break up. Oh, no. So, she might be an understand, understanding person. <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> would I ever, would you know I ever I mean. do that in my current relationship? God no. Hell no. You, oh my god, you uh, hell you, no. In in like in, on Instagram, you send her like a link to their profiles. Like these are the girls on deck. <laughs> That's how you, you just put, plant plant a little seed. You know. Here's the bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 thank you. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that in, in my current relationship at all. No, thank you. Um, but so he did list some teams that he would want to go to. Yeah. He said the Bears, the Saints, 
the Raiders, and I think it was the Cowboys too. I don't remember what that third team was, but I think it was yeah, the Cowboys. Um, so out of all of those teams, where do we think that would be the, the best fit? Or fifth team, just stay in Seattle. Uh, I would, I mean, I would love to see him on the Raiders, honestly, but I think there's no chance he's leaving. I don't. I don't think, I think he's they would get either. rid of uh, Pete Carroll before um, they get rid of him. I, I agree. I agree. I 100 percent agree with that, Sean. I mean, Sean, Sam. I mean, I did. Um, I thought he was. Getting, I thought he was giving <laughs> Sam the call. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And like I just said, um, <laughs> uh, okay, so. We got to play the hypothetical, man. Yes, the answer is he's going to stay in Seattle, right? There's no way they're letting a top three quarterback in this league leave, right? So, but where would I want to see him go? How awesome for the league would it be if he went to the biggest brand in the NFL in Dallas and get them back to the Super Bowl, get them to the Super Bowl? They have a... I think they still have a pretty good offensive line. They're getting aged a little bit. They have great weapons, better weapons than he had in Seattle, which is saying something. Mm. And then they just got to invest in defense, and they are sorted. That would be amazing for the league, potentially amazing for Russ. And, you know, it's just a big slap in the face to Seattle, who I just despise. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if Russ wanted, if he if he did want to leave, if he really did want to leave, the place that he could go to immediately to have the best chance of winning is New Orleans. That would be the best for him to go to win immediately. Just based on the fact that they have a great defense, they have so many weapons. That's a tough division, man. It's a, it, it is a very tough division. You know what isn't? You know what isn't a tough division? The NFC least. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's very true. That's very true. But I don't. But see, the thing is, is I don't think the Cowboys would win immediately. They still have a lot of things that they need to address. In that sense, Russ is an upgrade from Dak Prescott for sure, and he and he would probably bring you a lot. But you still have to address a lot of other things as well. Chicago would be an interesting one Mm -hmm. because Chicago is – they also have an extremely good defense as well. And they have more weapons than you you would think. They just have so many – they just have had so many question marks with the quarterback position over the past couple of years. And their coaching staff has been just atrocious. They're look – Chicago is looking for a miracle is really – they're looking for a savior. And – Russ could be that savior. He would be the savior that like Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold would not be in that sense. Ooh. I think you would need to develop, especially Sam Darnold. You would need to develop Sam Darnold a little bit more and give him a couple of years. And I know Chicago, their their coaching staff and their GM, they are looking to turn things around right but, now, or else they're going to lose that. But job. they they have they don't need such a drastic move because of the depth that you're already saying on their line. They could trade for Matt Ryan, who's a way cheaper commodity than Russell Wilson would be and still potentially win that division. They would have to re-sign Aaron Robinson and ensure that there's enough help on that offense to make sure that Matt Ryan is 
adequately i don't know set up to succeed but that would that would be probably a move that would give you almost the same result honestly you know what could be a sneaky good sign for them it would be ryan fitzpatrick no i like that the the reason why ryan fitz ryan fitzpatrick has been a much better quarterback than people realize over the past did you know that over the past like three years he has a better total qbr than deshaun watson yeah, but he's a backup. And the QBR, he was balling. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. He is he has he has been playing a lot better in recent years than I know. Everybody likes to call him Fitz Tragic, ha ha ha, whatever. But you know, he hasn't. He really has not been Fitz Tragic in a long time. He's been playing really well, and I know that Sam, you and I had mentioned um, Marcus Mariota going to Washington as a hypothetical. I would still love to see that. Ryan Fitzpatrick going to Washington, I think, would be really cool as well. Um, but I think Fitzpatrick going to a place that needs a quarterback right now would be a good option because you're going to get him cheap. So you can address other areas as would well. Would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston? Ooh. I'd probably Yikes. say Jameis. I think Jameis would be good. Well, Fitzpatrick – well, Fitz is – I think he's yeah, 30. Yeah, he's I mean, I'm a Fitz Magic. I like Fitz Magic, but you're a Fitz Magic yeah, kind of sore. I love watching him play. I love watching him play. So James Jameis... is good though. Yeah. Think, yeah. Like if, if Breeze, I don't think I think Jameis should be starting for Saints this next year. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just Jameis is only 20. So the reason I bring that up is because. We saw the market for Jameis Winston last season when he was a complete free agent. There wasn't really a big market. And he takes less money to go be a backup in New Orleans. And now he's available again. So if I'm a team, why would I go out to get Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's older, and kind of the same amount of – credibility in this league that James Winston has. They both have success as starters and they both had pretty low points as starters. Mm-hmm. I would love to see James get a chance in New Orleans. I think that would be awesome. You'd be stepping into a, a very good situation around you on offense, a, a very good situation on defense that would allow you to maybe make a few mistakes. Um, I think, I think the Saints just have too much love for uh, I think that'd be great for him. Taysom Hill for some reason. <laughs> I yeah, I, like, yeah, I would keep Taysom doing exactly what like, he's doing. It, it was good for a few games to change it up where nobody could scheme against him, but I don't think he's a good quarterback. And I don't know if Jameis has – like Jameis probably had to be feel some kind of way yeah, about – like that's kind of disrespectful to him for not letting him – not letting him – play at all super so i don't know i don't know if he would like mm-hmm. like right. it would it would be great with the year under under his belt there and learning and under breeze and everything but i don't know if he would have like like i don't know how good the relationship would be after that because i know i would be pissed off so teddy bridgewater is 28 and his his name has been thrown around as well so the names that have really been thrown around i'm going back to the cbs list is wilson uh deshaun watson sam darnold teddy bridgewater <laughs> and jimmy garoppolo no, um, <clears throat> how, how are you gonna <laughs> yeah, throw so, jimmy g in those that rank 
So if Teddy Bridge, so Carolina has been in the mix for uh, Deshaun Watson. They may even be in the mix for drafting a quarterback. If that is the case, then Teddy would probably be on the move. They listed a couple of places for uh, Bridgewater, and that was Chicago, the Jets, back to New Orleans, mm. which would be interesting. No, no, and then the 49ers. no, come on. As another potential landing spot for Teddy Bridgewater. I heard that as well earlier in the week that the 49ers had fielded calls about Teddy Bridgewater coming uh, to San Francisco. I, what, do you, I mean, what do you guys feel about he's that? He's not really different than Jimmy G. I think. I'm a Jimmy G believer. I think he's, a, I think, I think he's here to stay. Yes, yes Sean. The only the only knock on him though is let's go. I just want to see him stay healthy, play a whole sixteen. But because like if we got yep. if we get anybody else, like if we trade for anybody, we're gonna have to give away pieces and stuff. Like we already have a good, we already have all the assets we need. We're we're set we're set for next year. But we gotta we gotta resign Trent right. Williams though. That's our biggest thing. Yeah, yes. and they got to get some. So I have it right. Corners. Here. I have it right here. According to Joe Pearson of the Athletic, 49ers contacted Panthers about acquiring quarterback Teddy Bridgewater in potential trade. That was said who hours ago. Uh, according to Joe Pearson of the well, Athletic. according to Sam Toomey of the He's Nothing to Say stay. podcast, Jimmy G is staying <laughs> in San Francisco. You can you can quote tweet that. You can put it on your status, your <laughs> uh, bio, your whatever the kids are doing nowadays. John, because hey, Jimmy G is staying in the Bay. Year, so we're set. Yeah. Yo. You know who didn't stay put? J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt just signed with the Arizona Cardinals. What do you guys? It's what do you guys ridiculous. think about Dude, that? Dude, how good is the NFC West now? How, but I don't. I don't think it's that big of a difference, though, as people may seem, because like. He's he's really not the same player he was. The Cardinals kind of overpaid him a little bit, so I think they're still going to finish third or fourth. Yeah, fourth. yeah, fourth. Yeah, I think they're going to be fourth. Oh yeah, they're going to be a damn good fourth seat though. They they probably have the hardest division like that I could think of in recent time, honestly. So, yeah. So my uh, my roommate is a big Colts fan. And the NFC West and the oh. AFC South are playing. And when JJ Watt Ooh. signed with the Cardinals, I was like, dude, you your whole division <laughs> is gonna go over literally against the NFC West. I'm so sorry. It's there's just no reprieve. The Rams are better this year. The Niners theoretically will be better this year. I mean Seattle, yeah. I if they listen to Russ, yeah. they're gonna be better this year. Like in Arizona got better. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's oh man. Oh man. Yeah, that division is uh, insane. And think about the, think about the quarterbacks in that division. Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly, and I'm sorry to say this, but it's true. Jimmy Garoppolo is that's now not... the fourth best quarterback in that division, oh, which is not that's not a knock on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just saying how good the division is quarterback wise with Russ, Stafford, Kyler Murray, and Garoppolo. They have from top to bottom the best yeah. division. No, I, in terms I can agree of with that. But quarterbacks by that. far. The way that the Niners scheme and everything, like we don't really need the top of the line quarterback to win his games. Like we just need somebody who's steady, not turn the ball over, and we'll be Kyle Shanahan. We'll take it all. Yeah. Sam, why do you say O to that? Do you have a division? I was just that? thinking of one. I 
I mean, I guess the AFC West would probably be be a little better. Uh, AFC West, yeah, has Mahomes, Carr, Herbert. But see, the reason why I didn't mention them, the reason why I didn't mention them was because Denver doesn't. Well, have, I mean, if you uh, listen to some people, they hey, might put Jimmy the, G in the, the same haters, category as Drew Lock. Quit, quit listening to the haters, man. I disagree with that. <laughs> Sean, I listen to the haters, man. They're in my head. <laughs> Dude, they have free real estate so right, in my head with it when it comes to Jimmy G. So the AFC North, actually, and Big Ben, I think now is not obviously what oh, he once out. was, but that no, division has Lamar Baker and uh, Joe uh, Joe Burrow. Right. So that's a that's a nice young quarterback division. Um. So, well, let's say Deshaun did stay in Houston, which I don't think he will. You have Tannehill, Wentz, Watson. Um, and yeah. then Jacksonville, you'd have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So that's four. That'd be four interesting uh, names. Yeah. And then I guess the yeah. NFC South. The NFC South is just old quarterbacks. Well, we're, no, are we assuming, NFC South we're assuming that have... Drew Brees is retiring. I think he actually is coming back. Didn't right? He did he like, actually say that? Did he just restructure his con- his contract? So he. Uh, oh, he should not come back. So he, he should put, not come back. He put out a video of him like working out, and I think his no, his trainer put a video of him like working out and said like something must be brewing, oh. and I don't know. I. Honestly, I don't. I I definitely think he should call yeah. it um, as the biggest Drew Brees fan probably alive. He's been like my favorite player ever. Um, I, I I think it's time. Go to the booth. Go oh, to the yeah, booth, dude, and just have fun. I would love to see him in the Mon- booth. Monday He'd nights, so, man. Let him so be on good. Monday night on yeah. ESPN. Let him have it. Yeah. I'm- I, I think he would be absolutely phenomenal in the booth. If you listened, if you listen to him in interviews or listen to him actually break down film, he's so good. He's so smart when it comes to that stuff. And I think he would be. I'm not going <laughs> to say he's better than Romo because Romo's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, he's so good and he's so fun to listen to. Um, but I think he could bring that same sort of. I mean, he's definitely going to bring that same that same knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he has that, to. That Tony has, and, and that same insight. So. Yeah, he's played in one of the most sophisticated offenses, maybe in NFL history. Right, it, he would be a blast to listen to. He really would be. So, uh, Drew, go to the booth, sign a big contract with some TV company somewhere, and uh, have fun. Calling when did games, when did it just kind of suck I, I would love to, to see him to play him. like he did in the playoffs last year? Like it just looked like, like that was like not like the, the Drew Brees season. that we grew up with. <laughs> It was tough. It was tough <laughs> to watch. Okay, okay. Yeah, it, it, it just his his injury his injuries totally amplified his play later on because he just was. Yeah. I mean, he came back from twelve fractures. See, now you're making an excuse for play. coming back. Drew doesn't need that, dude. Don't. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not making an excuse for him to come back. I'm just saying that it was just it was such a rough year last year, and I I don't, I don't know I I don't know why. He, I actually, I can say I do know why he would want to put himself through that again. If he loves football, I mean, he clearly loves football, so there's always going to be a want to compete. But is it really necessary at this point? I don't, I don't think so. so. Well, he wants to win a chip. He wants to win another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, that's the that's the big big thing. Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One for one, baby, and one of the one of the most memorable Super Bowls I think for me 
I, I, that Super Bowl was so Jimmy, much fun. Jimmy Colts. Garoppolo and Drew Brees have been to the same number of Super <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers have been to the same number of Super Bowls. Tell me, tell me again why Jimmy G is watched. Please. <laughs> but here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees were both, at the time, the best players on their team at that Damn. point. Jimmy D was not the best player on hey, that team. Just because he time. threw it eight times in the NFC Championship game and they blew out Green Bay <laughs> doesn't mean he's not a integral part. Can anyone else hand the ball off better than Jimmy Garoppolo in the league? I not asked even that. close. Um, not even close. What's a, I'm trying. I'm trying. I bet you Baker made no, no, that run heavy gosh, team. No. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, man. They run the ball like 90 plays a game. He might. He's got to be the best hander hand offer, offer and the most handsome in NFL history. Hander offer. <laughs> oh well, Sean. See, I'm not allowed to say that first. I mean, that's but like I totally more overall agree. points to me. If I have if I have an ugly quarterback, would be like he's just so just marketable. No trust in him. <laughs> <laughs> but then if my quarterback's hitting on Aaron Andrews after a game, I'm like, that's my guy. Exactly. All, he's oh, just yeah, a leader. All he just confidence in the world. exudes the confidence. Quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> where did where did they say Jimmy G was going? Um, Is it just Carolina? People say he's gonna go. People say he's gonna go back to the Patriots. Uh, it was. Let me see. I believe. Yeah. So according, yeah. So according to uh, at least the CBS uh, post that I'm reading, it was Carolina, New England, Chicago, or Houston. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to see Jimmy G in Houston. That'd be so sad. <laughs> I don't want to see anyone <laughs> in Houston. <laughs> no one deserves that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So, um, Sean, I, I have to ask because we're you know, we we probably have maybe like ten, ten ish, fifteen minutes left, roughly. Um, and I have to ask in case in case this turns into a conversation, it may not. But are no, you a big um, Marvel fan at all? Gosh, darn it, Sean! Yeah, you were okay. so, so close, so close. We're going to talk kinda, about Wandavision felt, for the I next fifteen minutes, but. I'll let you guys down right there. <laughs> there it was a very now I just question. feel all just very sorry. We... Oh, <laughs> this last hour and fifteen minutes feels like it just feels different. It just feels different now. I we literally wasted the yeah, entire yeah. show. This is the main reason why we brought you on. <laughs> okay, we'll see you guys next Hell week. Yeah. Wait, you watch you watch uh, you watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, oh okay. there we go. So Jason I, just finished. Okay, so maybe I just finished it. So I was, yeah, okay. So I was way late to the party. Um, I didn't have uh, access to to HBO Max when it was when it was at its height, and um, I remember my my first date with my girlfriend was like almost nine months ago. Literally on our first date, the one one of the things that came up was if I had ever watched. Game of Thrones, and and I told her no, and, and she just looked at me like I had like killed the baby. I I I, I was like, no, I I haven't. <laughs> and I I looked at her and I was like, it's not for a lack of not wanting to because it's right up no, my it alley. Was. No, 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 it was not. 
It was not. It's not for. It wasn't a lack of of wanting to because it was right up my alley. Um, I love movies and it, and I love TV shows of that sorts and it was the perfect genre for me to to get invested into. I just had never had access to it. So we over the course of the last couple of months have been have been going through the show um and yeah we we just we just finished it um and it it was great it was great and i there was i read yeah. that there was a petition <laughs> to remake the entire eighth yeah. season and i i i don't feel that oh i would all. i would I, sign I, it i i understand that there were some, that there were some things that not, that I, could have been different, but I didn't have that big. What of a was your uh, with the last my, each of you? What was your favorite season? Oh God, they all blend they together do. like one really giant season. Honestly, they're all just like. Do you have a favorite moment that's Dude, out? Yeah, it might have been a while since you've seen it, so it might not be fair. But I know the I know the moment that. Uh, that was I, I know just definitively what the most shocking moment to me was by far. Oh, that was crazy. That was uh the the red wedding. Yeah. That to me was the most shocking episode by far. I, I did I didn't expect that at at all. And I mean just the way that I thought that, that episode was gonna play out just got <laughs> completely bitch slapped by the way that it actually turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, what's your favorite? That movie? one, that one got that one really got me. Yeah. Uh, so, so that one has to be up there, right? Um, I think the trial. So it, it's a couple of things. It's, in, it's almost the same episode oh, wow. or same season. Season four, I think, was my favorite. So when Tyrion was getting yeah. uh, tried for the death of that that freaking awful person, Joffrey, like maybe the worst television character cinematic character created of all yeah. time was joffrey yeah, baratheon man. by far <laughs> so when he's getting tried that whole speed that whole like speech that he goes on and then later in that or yeah later in that season the trial by combat when uh prince Oberyn was should have won against the mountain and he gets fucking like tripped and then his face gets squished in i i remember watching that for the first time it was like holy shit i am sick to my stomach that was the most yeah, disturbing thing i've ever seen on tv <laughs> i do remember that one and i got a question for you who did you uh, hate more did you hate I, joffrey I more did you hate ramsey Ramsey more? was like he was like nobody really liked him but he's kind of like a cool character like So okay, so the scene, the scene where he, um, where he raped Sansa and he made oh no, um, he made Theon uh-huh. watch. So, so I, I had t- we we had just watched that episode and and I think the next day for whatever reason we had to go over to to Bree's aunt's house and and we were just hanging out and they her aunt and her uncle love game of thrones they they watch the show and they re- they remember when that episode came out that like the community of game of thrones was in complete like uproar mm-hmm. about that scene because they were basically saying that game of thrones has they've crossed a line and they don't know where the line is and this was just this was too appalling and that, all this and all that and 
I remember sitting there watching that scene and I TV shows and movies can yeah. literally hinge on if you have a good bad guy or not. And I I hated Ramsey. Yeah. Like yeah. I really did, but at the same time I loved him because he was such a good villain and that that just made me hate him that much more and that actor did such a good job mm-hmm. at just coming across as appearing so ridiculously evil that I was sitting there watching that scene and I, I was sitting there with like just jaw dropped like I cannot believe that he's doing this it wasn't I can't believe that they actually showed this it was I can't believe he actually did that but at the same time it was like that was an awesome scene not because of what happened but because of just how evil they made Ramsey and I loved how just yeah it just a like a devil of a person. That well, it makes him. it makes uh, the Battle of the Bastards that much of a bigger episode for when John actually finally defeats oh, Ramsey, yeah. and you're like, yes, you're all standing up in your living yeah, room. You were, yes, I was he's, that, so hyped he's finally like, dead. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it made oh, Sansa yeah. releasing the dogs on him feel that much more satisfying. <laughs> Because it was like, oh, okay, she got her revenge. Thank God. Um, what was I going to say? I, I, and Brie and Bree actually made a good point. She was like, she said that, yeah, it was a horrible act. But up until that point, I mean, I think we had all sort of viewed Sansa as this kind of this like push, little push kind of innocent little, yeah, pushover. And then that was the scene that sort of turned her into like yeah. a woman. And in, sense, in that sense, like changed her character. Yeah. Like that was a turning point for her. I think that was the that was the moment where it's like she decided, okay, like I'm I'm done with this. Did flag. you um did you have a problem? A big thing that came out of season eight, um, besides like the lack of quality, right, was um how they handled uh what's her name? Arya having um uh oh, getting yeah. with Gendry in the last season. And everyone was like, holy cow, like she's underaged <laughs> in the series. Like that is gross that you made us see this. Uh, she was like, we saw her as a little girl early in the series. Like this is so nasty that Game of Thrones did this. Like, did, did you did you feel that, Jason? No, because I guess in the Dude, world that Game of Thrones like has everything created, was I felt lot. like that probably happened a lot. <laughs> it did. I. <laughs> Yeah, I it did it didn't it didn't strike me at all and I don't actually know how old Arya was technically supposed to be during during that season. I don't know how old she was how old the actress oh, was. Oh, Maisie Williams was of age. She was over 18. Right, but so I, I think I think Arya was under 18. Right. So I I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how old she was supposed to be. But, um, <laughs> so you're just into statutory rape. It's all good, man. It's, it's no. <laughs> I know. I, I guess. I guess I was just sitting there going, "Well, I'm sure that this happens a lot in this world," and it didn't really. I don't know. It didn't strike me as. I didn't actually. Did I think it was going to happen? Did I think we were going to ever see Arya do that? No. But yeah. the fact that it happened, I was just like, "You know what? Okay. Well, I'm sure that happens a lot." So. Right. Yeah. At least in at least in the world that they had created in Game of Thrones. So, 
but okay, so quickly, because we don't have a lot of time left. What were the big gripes coming out of the season? Because the only real big one that I have is that I think that the long night could have been split into two episodes. Oh, the, so I just looked it up. She, this show is claiming that she was 18 by the time she lost her virginity. So whatever. You know what? <laughs> okay, so there you go. You're, you're off the hook, Jason. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think I think the long night is is what made the season what could have made the season really really good and for me that episode was was kind of a letdown. Um, it I, I don't know I I felt like a lot I I honestly felt like yeah, a lot more characters like needed that. to die in that episode. The Game of Game of Thrones had made a living off of not giving a damn about who they killed or in like not. 10 minutes. And I know the next episode they killed off like five characters, but right. And I just, I cannot, I cannot think, I cannot believe that in that battle, like none of them died. Except for uh, Jorah, uh, captain of the friend zone. Yeah. yeah. But like they showed a bunch of scenes where like Jamie was surrounded or, Brienne was surrounded and was like, oh, dude, they're going to get slaughtered right dude, here. The fact, and no, then 10 no, minutes. When John was in the field that was and insane. then the Night King raised all of the dead. Oh, that, yeah. He is literally surrounded. And you're like, wait, how is he alive? Just how? Yeah, there were, there were some really cool moments. Like watching the Dothraki army ride off into the, uh, up against the, uh, the army and it was pitch black outside and all you could see were their swords. torches, which by no, the way, swords. which by the way, Oh, there were yeah. swords. That's right. As soon as that started happening, I turned <laughs> to Brian and was like, they're the stupidest army in the history of ever. Why the hell would they <laughs> in no, in no, in, it makes absolutely no sense to run out there to an army that you have no idea what the size is. You just know it's massive. You can't see a damn, but they're thing. on horses. You're and not supposed to offend on a horse. It doesn't matter. It, I would still take thirty billion of those guys, or however much of the army of the dead was, versus my, you know, two thousand Dothraki guys who well, honestly can't see where they're well, going. You know what, Jason? You don't fight with any honor. <laughs> That's just what it is. That's because I fight with brains. <laughs> I have a castle behind me that's got a bunch of walls. I'm not going to charge into something that I can't see. I'll let them come after the me. The Dothraki died that day with honor for their oh, and by the way, Khaleesi. the Unsullied who looked like the entire Unsullied had died. Oh, there's millions in on that millions episode. Of Somehow there were still like four thousand of them in the last episode. Yeah. I was like, I was like, how where did they all come from? Yeah, when they were in the episode after, they're like, okay, so how many troops do we have? Oh, we have like about four thousand, two thousand. I was like, wait, what? how? Like literally, how? All of these like, guys died. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think the long night could have been stretched into the last episode. That was the second last. That should have been the finale. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember remember after that, it was like the no, the third, like the third episode. Episode, and then it was like yeah, no, it was it was episode. episode, I think what the heck. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I. I I wanted that episode to be cooler than it was. Yeah. And it just for whatever reason it didn't. It, that episode was kind of a letdown. But every other episode, yeah. I. I didn't I mean, really did have a like huge point. Uh, other than that one. Uh, I didn't mind how it ended. Um, I, I wouldn't sign a petition to change anything because I sat there and I was like, okay, you know, you know, Brand being the the king now. I I just I guess I kind of sat there and went, okay, who else are they going to choose? You know, like who who really would make the most sense after after Bran if they didn't no, do that? Kinda, then kinda who was going to be their be next like choice? More Sean, where you said it's they weren't going to give it. On who they chose? Huh? Like going into season eight, I wanted the Night King to. I was a fan of the Night King. The Night King was sick. <laughs> you actually did. I mean, that's that's a great. Then then there's like a summary to the ending, like. Everybody you wanted the like, dead people the to like, right, beat the living people? Like, the meeny, 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 hey, you know what? After like years of production and watching it, I'm like, wow. I just had way more expectations. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I would have yeah. rather the Night King have won than what they chose. For sure. You know? Yeah. You know, sometimes the bad guy does need to win. I mean, look at Infinity War. Thanos <laughs> won, and that was shocking for a lot of people. Um, Speaking of Nike, and that's, that's why that movie is insignificant. Is when they got the they dude, got that the movie is dragon, or, okay. The, we're not going the, the <laughs> to pull again. Opening, I was like, oh my god, that's so tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. That is peak Game oh. of Thrones season seven. Peak. Okay, so I have I have one thing to end to end the show on. So there was it had to it would have been during the last season of Game of Thrones. Uh, Mike and Mike was still going on. No, no, no. It was a Golic and Wingo at this point. Yeah. And no, it was Mike and Mike. Herm Edwards. Was it Mike? Yeah, it was their Mike? final no, season. I, was... I know exact. I know the exact episode. Okay, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, and I don't know, Sean, if if you know the story, but. There were. It had to have been the last, the last season of, of Game no, of Thrones. No, it was the seventh. No, it was the seventh. It was right after this, the, the episode where the dragon was turned aired. Oh, that's yes. right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so Herm Edwards was on Mike and Mike, and they were talking about Game of Thrones, and Herm was like, and they were all like, okay, we can't say anything live but you know we can kind of react to the episode but we obviously can't spoil anything because it came out like yesterday and so they were about to go to commercial and Herm was like all right I just want to tell you guys like one one thing (laughs) Herm had seen it and some of them hadn't and obviously there were a bunch of people in the live audience who hadn't seen it. you're butchering the story and yeah all right sean this is what really happened no i'm not they had they had okay go ahead herm edwards on so they talked about football and stuff right and as herm is leaving he looks back in and he's like hey by the way the bad guy gets a dragon and that's all he said and it spoils the show for um golik and i think golik jr and they were so pissed 
No, he wasn't leaving. He was still he was still Dude, sitting no, there. He peered in and yelled it. No, like he was just a little no. afterthought. No, the mics, the mics, they were about to cut to commercial. Herm was still sitting there. They thought the mics were off. The there was the mics were still on. And then he turns to him and he says, "Yeah, the ba- bad guy's got a dragon." And it wasn't the fact that he spoiled it be, for Goldie. It was so the fact pissed. that they had a hot mic and they let it go remember, to millions of people every, who were listening like, it that was, morning. I don't think Sunday that's. Night, and I, I don't think that's true. Sunday nights, and I would never touch no, that is my true. phone for like three hours until I got off work and watched because I did not want to be spoiled at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty smart. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So all of this From time, I had always one, wondered, what does that mean? Bad guy has a dragon, and I knew going. In, I knew going into the show, some, at some point, that the bad guy is going to get a dragon. It was so funny. It was just I, yeah, so I, funny how he said it. Yeah, it, it and it just it's funny how it came full circle because I knew that when I found out, you know. Obviously, I knew the Night King was the bad guy going into it. I didn't know any of the backstory or anything like that. But I was like, oh, okay, so he's going to get a dragon. Does he have one? And we just don't know about it. Is he going to kill one of her dragons and then get that? I, so I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I knew he was going to get a dragon <laughs> eventually. So Literally. Hey, you got to sign the Night King to a five-year max contract. That's the only person That man is launching the ball accurately. The only person I'll yeah, take over to <laughs> quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> That's all right. He he's a leader, though. Not nah, not a lot of mobil- mobility, man. Never <laughs> seen the guy run. Yeah, he'll brainwash him, and then and then we'll have a cohesive. But <laughs> 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 he's gonna brainwash everyone. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh my god, he's a leader. He's a he's a king. Oh, he's good. a leader. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, so uh, All right, well, so nineteen, yeah. you, you got the game plan this week. He just looks at him, doesn't say anything. Okay, I'm just gonna hope that yeah, you know I, what plays I mean, we're running. Kind of sick, I, I want, I wanted him to say something. I, I wanted to hear his voice. Yeah, just to hear what he sounded like. <laughs> yeah, there was a part of me that liked it, but another part of me that that wanted, that wanted. I, yeah, I wanted to hear his voice. <laughs> no, all he had to do was raise his arms, man, and you were dead. Yeah, but that that scene in the on the long night where he raised everybody around John, I thought that was the coolest part of the entire episode. I was like, okay, because <laughs> in the back of your mind during that episode, you're going, well, everybody that dies, isn't that just going to turn? And I was wondering when that was going to happen, right. and then all of a sudden, just as soon as that happened, I was like. Okay, there's no feasible way that they should get out of this alive. None of them. That just doesn't make any sense as to why they would win this fight after that. <laughs> and then somehow they won. So I just left that episode going. Unrealistic. Okay, well, that I know we're talking about dead people and dragons, but that was unrealistic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they would have gotten their asses handed to them. You know what? Yeah. There's no way. Game of Thrones just isn't realistic, man. Yeah, I, I like how it so, took till season eight to realize that. It's, no, based, I, it's based off a true. I mean, I under like I said, I understand we're talking about a show with dead people and dragons and all that other stuff, but I mean, come <laughs> on, <laughs> that, 
That's oh. not right. <laughs> they hid that in the credits. I will tell you, if you guys uh, enjoyed Game of Thrones, a less um, a show that doesn't okay. have all of that, I guess, mythology, but is every every bit as exciting, I would say go, go watch <laughs> The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Um, that show is... And this episode prob- is probably... sponsored by The Last Kingdom. Yeah. Now Honestly, it's Honestly, probably my favorite Netflix show ever, and one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It's so good. I I, I love it. And if you enjoy if you enjoy a show that sort of takes place, and because I like watching like sword fights and like castle sieges on TV shows as opposed to like gunfights, and so I I enjoy I enjoy those big battle scenes like that more than watching like a military war movie and, and stuff like that. And those fights are more. Have you guys seen uh, and that sort of time period is more engaging to me. Um, it, Dude, uh, I'm, yeah, it, just, it's a phenomenal. I just show. started watching, man. Well, I, I what? Uh, oh my god! Watching it right now. I yeah, watching it right like, now. I watched yeah. the first Sean. season probably like probably so long. Bro, ago. it is so how good. In, how far in are you? I just started. I had to rewatch it. Bro, it is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like on season two, episode one. Yeah, but that's kind of like Game of Thrones, though. You kind of had to learn yeah. everything. It's so good. It didn't. It, it like, didn't catch me the way that I wanted really to at like the beginning, but I've like, gotten more you just into had to it. Pay attention it... And learn everything. True. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right, well, we've definitely gone over our, t- our time. This is definitely our longest episode that we've had in a while, but that is okay because it was a lot of fun. Um, so, Sean, thanks again for coming on. You're always welcome to stop by the show whenever you'd like. Um, yeah, thank you, guys. So we, we really appreciate you your time. Well and, uh, and you know, good luck with the, the rest of your semester hey, remember what I said at the beginning. Next time I come on, you know, you know what I need. There you go. There you go. All right, I'll make sure. <laughs> Got it. Hey, your your agent has to work uh, that out in the contract. We're not really in control of that, you know. Yeah, take it easy, guys. All right, cool. Later. Cool. We'll have our people contact you.